This is the Transmission Times. We went on a walk with some friends of ours. We usually walk in the city because they have a two-year-old, so we don't walk in nature because she wants to bring her like little bike. So we realized like that we've seen each other with masks on for, I don't know, like a month or two now, and that we kind of, not, not that we don't remember how they look like without masks on, or they don't remember how we look like, but it was like, oh yeah, we've grown accustomed to seeing each other like that. So in the parking lot, we kind of did like a mini <laughs> uh, drawing the curtain back, like we took our mask off, took a look and then put it back on, kind of like to refresh the image of them without masks on. I recently have been seeing the hashtag before COVID linked to pictures of people, you know, in a crowd or at a party. And I just wonder how long is that going to stick around? I mean, already I'm watching when I see a video or a movie of people crowded together in a room, my mind immediately goes to, oh, they're not six feet apart and they're not wearing masks. And there's so many little things like that that are creeping into our collective subconscious. I don't really know what to expect in five years or 10 years. Once we do have this virus under control, I think it will take some time to shake off that feeling that you need to stay apart. And also we went on a walk in nature and um, it was in a weekend so there were more people there and uh, since it wasn't in the city people didn't bring their masks so I saw groups of people without masks on and it took me a minute to kind of adapt to that because it's kind of like if somebody has like a distinctive feature for example like a distinctive nose or something like that like kind of like you take a second look or like the mind signals that there's something out of the ordinary there. So it needs to take a look again and then kind of process it. That's how it felt like seeing all these people without mask. It was like, whoa, wait a second. What's going on here? This is something special that I need to process. It seems very difficult to make plans with people. Plans for phone or Zoom calls, plans for a walk or an outdoor meal. All the people I know, including myself, seem to have to reschedule a lot. A date and time gets set, there's a plan, then one person or both text or email to say it won't work after all. Rescheduling goes back and forth and sometimes has to come to a complete halt because it won't work anytime soon, so let's get in touch in three weeks. I don't think it's just busyness, though that's a factor because maybe we're all keeping as busy as possible to keep our heads above water. But I think it also has something to do with what has happened to our minds, our emotional states. It's as if even though we want to be together with other people, it's such an unnatural time. No hugs, often masks, keeping distances. In a way, maybe we're trying to avoid real contact. 
my friends were painting their houses and organizing closets and everything. And I just would kind of start something and then it would just fizzle out. So I was just down in the dumps. I think I moved straight to depression. But things turned when the orchestra came up with a new addendum to our contract and we signed that and I felt like we were moving forward. And actually, the first time we did an orchestra Zoom meeting and I saw the faces of my friends and people that, you know, I play with for 19 years, that I think turned the tide and I, I felt lighter than I had felt in months. Just a lightness and like a joy and things were going to be okay. So now I uh, flip between depression and acceptance. Depression to me right now with the world the way it is seems a reasonable response. One thing I have left behind is this complete disbelief that I'm in this situation. I did flip to thinking, oh, you know, this is part of my life. I've been able to experience a global pandemic. And I just had no idea that would be in front of me ever or in my everyday surroundings. 360 right now. And I think in some ways it's kind of cool to find out that you're part of something so big and so widespread and historical. We did our first week back with the orchestra and it was amazing, but it wasn't quite the homecoming that I thought it would be or feel like. So here I am coming in there thinking, this is, you know, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody and we're going to make great music. It's going to feel great. And I will never take another rehearsal for granted and performance. I'm going to love every minute of it. Well, <laughs> when I arrived, you know, we had to answer a survey within an hour before we showed up. And then the temperatures, we had spaces on tables with our names on it that were six feet apart. And, you know, doing all the safety protocol, like really adhering to it. Like colleagues were um, very, very aware if you were slightly in their personal space. So that was stressful enough. Like, you know, I'm coming from my home and I haven't had to really think about it. I'm not near anyone I don't know from almost every single day. And then going back to work and the different levels of fear that people had about the virus was shocking to me. So anyway, the great, like, you know, uh, happy reunion of, of sorts really didn't feel that way. It was a strained unusual way to come back to work. There's talk about lockdown, but we have elections coming up on the 6th of December. And until then, they won't reinforce lockdown. That's for sure. Even though there is like an official document that the government released that uh, in the cities where there's an incidence of more than six cases per thousand it's like a local lockdown and we met with somebody who heard that our city already surpassed that number 
unofficially, but they don't want to declare it because they don't want to have lockdown situations anywhere until elections. Here in England, we have just begun a four-week lockdown. Fortunately, I managed to see my family before this was thrust upon us, and I'm hoping we will come out of lockdown in time for my grandson's ninth birthday. This time it doesn't seem so serious, and people still seem to be going out and about for shopping, work, exercise and school. Luckily, I live in a more rural setting in southern England, so there are fewer cases of Covid. But the news is flooding us with images of the desperate situation the hospitals and care homes are facing in the hope that people will isolate to keep others safe. And now with this second wave, I think it's called, and lockdown is for sure, for sure on its way. So I'm not sure if the streets will be as empty as they were in spring. I hope not, because it's a very uncomfortable, creepy atmosphere. The winter looms as the pandemic surges, worse in many states than it was in the beginning. In 1918, this happened, a so-called second wave in the fall. At least there are vaccines in sight for the future, but the road ahead is still pretty mysterious. Vast uncertainty has become absolutely normal. I've heard people trying to find hobbies to have to keep them occupied in these next two or three months. So it's like we're preparing for not seeing people and staying indoors and being locked in our houses and for it to be like dark outside, not to have a lot of sunlight and hmm, yeah. And now we're only a few weeks away from Christmas. I can see this is particularly difficult for older people who live alone. They're so worried they may not be able to see family at Christmas. So in order to create some fun, we're arranging a window wonderland where houses can decorate their windows with colourful displays lit from behind. And I hope we can create a bit of festive magic. Our holidays have always been small. I don't recall a Thanksgiving or Christmas that I spent with my grandparents. And my husband's family is equally small. Uh, There just aren't that many of us. So I'm used to small gatherings. We get excited if we have 10 people around the table, let alone the 30 and 35 that other people have. So what's the harm if our same little group gathers? No, one of the people, the brother-in-law, isn't in our bubble. And the baby goes to daycare, and I work in the public setting. So these are the things that we just keep talking and talking about and wondering if it's okay to gather and have the holiday. Do we open the windows? Do we do it in Boston? Do we do it in Maine? Who can quarantine and who can't? There's no tests available at the drop in sight that you have to schedule for that week. So we can't pretest. It all feels very complicated. There's plenty for me to be thankful for at the moment. 
everyone that I care about is safe and healthy and I have a beautiful little boy who just brings so much joy and sunshine into even the darkest days. So there really is so much to be thankful for and I do try and remember that and avoid getting caught up in what is missing at the moment. It seems like we all are just riding waves and sometimes we're afraid, sometimes we're terrified, sometimes we're fed up, sometimes we're at peace, sometimes we're at war and it just, I feel like I'm riding this wave that sometimes the crest of that wave meets the crest of someone else's wave and we're just in the same moment together in the same feeling and sometimes then I'm jarred by when I'm in a full panic somebody else is just completely cool as a cucumber and then maybe a couple days later we swap and that just feels oddly encouraging that we are all just going through it at the mercy of it and still all going in the same direction. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Christina, Carl Ann, Britta, Gemma, Sue, Karen, and Anna whose voices are coming to you from Maine, New Hampshire, Florida, Romania, and the UK. Since the beginning of lockdown, the Transmission Times has been collecting audio diaries from people around the world. But there are many stories we haven't heard, and if yours is one of them, I'd love to hear from you. If you're not sure what to say, you can visit our website, transmissiontimes.org, for some prompt questions. Then record on your smartphone and email it to us at transmissiontimes at gmail.com or call 847-354-4163 and leave your replies as a voicemail. Thank you. The Transmission Times is created by me, Katie Semrow.